Welcome or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence, a Roots-based Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. Pull up a chair while I take a deeper dive into the concerns for the team's present and future. Questions are always welcomed, whether on Twitter, Tim815 on the Anchor Contest Line, or on my Facebook Pre-Arb Excellence group. Thanks for stopping by for today's episode. What's risk? And ask me questions if I was confusing. This seems like an awfully silly question to ask. What's risk? We should know what the answer to what risk is. Risk is uncertainty. Not knowing what's going to happen. For instance, let's imagine. Let's roll the clock back. Let's roll the clock back to 2020. It's October. The Cubs are facing the Marlins in a best-of-three series in Chicago. Win two of three in Chicago, and they advance. Are you confident that the Cubs are going to win? Yes, I'm confident that the Cubs are going. Is there risk? I'm confident. But is there risk? There's always risk in everything in baseball. There's risk that the 174 hitter is going to time up the pitch and line it up the gap for a double. There's that risk. There's that risk. It's baseball. There's always risk in everything in baseball. Pull in the infield. Ground ball directly to the shortstop. The runner on third gets a slow jump off of, off of third. The shortstop rifles it to the catcher and creating the rundown creates risk. It creates risk. We don't know what's going to happen. Slow runner, poor runner, bad jump. Probably what? 85%, 90% that it comes out in the defense's favor? Something like that? But there's risk. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what's going to happen because there's risk in everything. There's risk in everything. Bring in the left-handed closer to shut it down in the ninth. He gives up a two-run homer. There's risk in everything. Specifically in regards to Cubs player development, I was told today something that, well, I'm kind of dense. I'm kind of dense. Sometimes it takes a while for a specific argument to get cycled all the way through and to make sense and to you know, sort through everything. It just good, good, not making sense. I was told today, Sunday, That Dylan Lesko is a low-risk pitching prospect. Dylan Lesko is a low-risk pitching prospect. Apparently, someone who was watching his film 
likes his delivery. I like his delivery. I don't think he's going to get hurt. I don't think he's going to get hurt. And he has enough pitches in his arsenal. I don't think he'll end up having to get bumped to the bullpen. So he'll probably be a starter. He'll probably be healthy. Start building the statue. Start building the statue. And all you'll have to do once the statue is done is attach the right emblem to the cap and to the jersey. Dylan Lesko is a low-risk prospect. Hogwash. Every pitcher is a high-risk prospect. Every single one of them. Every high school player is probably a bit of a high-risk prospect because you haven't seen him pit. If he's a pitcher, you haven't seen him face LSU. You haven't seen him face Arkansas. You haven't watched him face UCLA. You haven't watched him face North Carolina, Georgia, Florida State, whoever. High school pitchers are notoriously high-risk because the information that people claim to have, they don't have. They don't have the information they claim to have. They just don't. They want to say, this guy has a 65 fastball. Bullcrap. Bullcrap. A 65 fastball gets out major league hitters right now. I remember back, 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 back. Hey, hey. Back in the day, I was listening to a young pitching prospect who I was interested in. At the time, he was not in the Cubs system, but he had all the tools, all the tools. And he was one of those guys. His, his fastball was a 60, 65. And he was recently drafted. And I said, you know what? I want to listen to this player pitch in a game. Pitch in a game against professional hitters. So I listened to a Pirates A-ball, low A baseball game. I think it was Bradenton against whoever the heck they were playing that day. And the starting pitcher was Jamison Tyone. Jamison Tyone was the deal. He was the stuff. He was the Dylan Lesko. He was the guy. He was bulletproof. There was never going to be anything that would ever possibly go wrong with Jamison Tyone. Jamison Tyone was loaded. Okay, I want to listen to this game. Tyone struggled. Tyone struggled. It was an early start in his career. I'm not going to try to even bother figuring out which one it was. It was an early start in his career. And he struggled. Why? Because he wasn't that good yet. He wasn't that good yet. People tend to like to conflate. He eventually may be a really good pitcher. With, right now, he is a really good pitcher. Two entirely different things. People like to conflate, apparently. This person has a relatively stable delivery, and it doesn't look like he will likely get injured with, yeah, he's a low-risk pitcher. 
There are no low-risk pitching prospects. None. I'm really getting to the point where I have a hard time trusting anyone because so many people are tossing out rubbish for content. Rubbish for content. And it doesn't matter if you are a hack water-carrying journalist that refuses to ask tough questions so that MLB continues to employ them. Doesn't matter. Or if you are a prospect writer that realizes people are going to more likely read your article if you say, yeah, this guy has a 65 fastball and a 60 curve, than if you say, well, I guess I'm just going to have to wait because... You probably can't get people out yet. DJ Hers, last cycle, 2021, was generally rather good early on in his Myrtle Beach career. He had a couple of outings where he struggled. And it was perfectly fine to say, midway through the season, he's had some rather good outings. And he's had some outings where he rather struggled. His last few outings in Myrtle Beach were generally quite good. He got promoted to South Bend, and he was quite good in South Bend. Those things you can say simply off of having watched games, having listened to games, having read about games that he pitched in. It's not a question of talking about things that are invisible, that are unknowable. If a pitcher in a game, let's say say Dylan Lesko, Dylan Lesko goes out and pitches six one-hit innings and fans 16 walking a pair. Let's say that's an outing of his. Is that pretty good? Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Pretty good. He was better than a lot of the players he was facing. That much you can definitely say from that sort of a box score. Six innings, one hit, two walks, 16 strikeouts, and nothing. Yeah, you can generally say he's probably better than the players he was up against. Now, if you would put that same Dylan Lesko that same day with that same pitch command, pitch selection, all that kind of stuff, and you were to put him against an advanced A lineup, totally entirely different thing because the hitters are different. He's not used to facing hitters that are advanced A good. He's used to facing against hitters who are either high school good or possibly club circuit good. That's what he's used to. Each level a player goes to, requires him to get used to this new level. The other players get used to him. It's a little bit of um, back and forth. And eventually, after three or four months, we find out, was he generally ready? Was he not generally ready? Only after three or four months do we actually really know that. It's very difficult, very difficult for me to say, I don't think there's much risk in this pitcher who's throwing 97, 98 in high school 
because this guy over here, this magazine, hey, he's got a blog. He's got to be trusted. He's got a blog. He also has a podcast. He has a podcast, so you should believe him. Am I indicting myself? Yes, I am. If what I say is stupid, disregard me. Or at least disregard the opinion that I have that's stupid. Dylan Lesko, whichever team selects him, when he goes out to pitch every five or six days, every Every set of ears, every set of eyes that will be glued to his outings. How's he going to do today? How are his secondaries going to look? How's his fastball going to look? How's his curveball going to look? How's his changeup going to look? Is he going to survive the outing without getting hurt? All these questions, all these totally and completely legitimate questions. Why are they legitimate questions? Because we don't know the answers to them yet. Because there's risk in everything in baseball, especially regarding pitchers who are drafted in the first round despite having never played a college game in their lives. Dylan Lesko, whoever drafts him, is going to be a high-risk gamble. Does that mean it would be a bad selection? Of course not. But it would be a high-risk gamble because the likelihood, and I won't say likelihood, the possibility of a 0.00 wins above replacement career for any pitcher drafted out of the high school ranks is reasonably high. Gray the guy the Cubs drafted in the third round, high school, left-hander. IMG Academy, last cycle. He could be a very good pitcher. Or he could get injured along the way, and we'll never find out. It happened with Carson Sands. Um, he could be progressing along fairly well. But his secondaries and his command of the edges of the strike zone might not be very good. And eh, not much of a career. Or he could be fantastic. Does it sound like I'm wishy-washy? What I'm saying is every pitcher has risk. If you want players with less risk, focus on hitters because hitters... Generally, coaches can tell, yeah, this guy can hit. This guy can hit. He hit college pitching. He hit pitching on the Cape. He is reliable. He was good as a freshman. He was better as a sophomore. He's going to be better as a junior. He's a dude. Hitters, there's less risk. Pitchers, there's always going to be risk because that one pitch on that one day, the pitcher could, ow! And his career is forever changed, not for the better. All it takes is that one pitch. Feet get caught in the dirt. Possibly there's a squibber down the 
first baseline. First base uh, pitcher goes over, picks it up, wafts it over the runner's head to throw it to the first baseman, and ow! Maybe he's out running in between starts, and he steps wrong, has a little bit of an ankle problem. He's kind of fine, he's kind of fine. He takes a start off, he comes back the next start, and then he steps wrong again. Ow. Pitchers are a risk. A strong risk, a heavy risk. And when I read people who normally I agree with, who normally I agree with, say, this is a low-risk starting pitcher. In reference to Dylan Lesko, I got to shake my head. If you're talking about a low-risk pitcher, a low-risk pitcher, a pitcher who has most of the questions answered, you're just not sure <coughs> how well he's going to do as a professional, then you're looking at a guy who's probably pitched two or three or four years in college already. Jordan Wicks. Already know his repertoire is pretty much. He's pitched a bunch. He's pitched a bunch, and he's improving as we speak out in Mesa, trying to get better, getting ready for the 2022 season. Jordan Wicks is a low-risk pitcher as far as pitchers go because we already know what he brings to the table. And he's pitched three or four years, and he's had probably at least one year with 90 innings pitched or more. I don't know how many specifically he had last year for K-State. But he's gone through an entire season. He might have even gone through an entire season in 2019. Not sure. 2020 wasn't really a complete season. But Jordan Wicks, he knows basically how it works. This is kind of standard for him. Yes, when he pitches to advanced A hitters in South Bend, and starts getting up to 70 or 80 pitches on his pitch count, it will be different from what he had done in 2021. And anytime he makes the additional pitches, there is that added risk of something possibly bad happening. But the premise of people saying, a prep arm who's throwing 97 is a low-risk arm seems rather absurd to me. On the hit side, on the hitting side, Elijah Green has incredible batting practice power. He has very good speed. He is very good defensively. But there is swing and miss in his game. There's a whole lot of swing and miss in his game. Now, in about 9 or 10 years, in about 9 or 10 years, people will be looking back at the June draft, or the July draft, probably July, the 2022 draft, and almost certainly teams will be criticized 
for teams or at least one team will be criticized for how Elijah Green was handled. If it turns out he can't hit, hey, he can hit batting practice home runs all the time he wants. But if he can't hit, it really doesn't matter. And if a team decides you're going to draft Elijah Green 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th, 9th, whatever, and it turns out that he can't hit, then people will say, why did they draft him? They were fools. They should have known he couldn't hit. There's risk both ways. You can't know what you can't know. You can only know what is apparent at the time. Elijah Green might develop better as a professional or he might develop worse as a professional. Which will be the case? Got me. That's why he's a high-risk player. You haven't seen him have a three-game weekend series against the Florida Gators starting pitching. You haven't seen him have a three-game weekend series against Vanderbilt starting pitching. You haven't seen him have a three-game series against UCLA's starting pitching or anybody's starting pitching because he's still in high school. When players are preps, they generally have high risk because there are a whole bunch of completely valid questions that are somewhat answerable for college players that are not accurately answered for preps yet. You don't know. You can't know. If Elijah Green were to be able to play college games against Tennessee Volunteers, Louisville Cardinals, Nebraska Cornhuskers, let's throw them in, why not? You know, you get, you get to see him against four or five or six college weekend rotations. Then you could, oh, okay, I have some information that he did well against these kind of guys. He struggled against these kind of guys. You could put together somewhat of a kind of a book on him for against college pitching. Since he's only played against high schoolers, yeah, really, there's no no adequate, accurate, Proper information. None. Nada. When it comes to high school players, especially in a baseball draft, there is huge risk. Huge risk. The more accurate, proper homework a scouting staff does, the better. For instance, if the scouting scouting staff knows that a specific player is going to work his butt off all the time and will not cause any trouble, that's useful. If the pitcher does have a reasonably proper pitching delivery and doesn't have any red flags that would lead one to believe he will probably be injured more often than not, that helps as well. As far as anyone saying Dylan Lesko is a low-risk starting pitcher, I have no idea what they're talking about. Any pitcher can blow out their 
elbow, their forearm, their anything, anything, anything on any given pitch. When somebody walks off the mound with the trainer, along with, God, that sucks, have the, and this stuff happens in your mind as well. It sucks and it happens. It's not possible to send pitcher injury risk down to 0% by doing certain things. You can possibly get it down to, I don't know, what, what, what's league standard? What do you want league standard to be? 20, 25%? Let's say league standard for a pitching injury is 25% in a certain year. 25% in a certain year for a pitcher who is developing in a pipeline. 25%, 25% of your pitchers are going to get injured over the course of the year. Let's just say that's the standard. The team that can trim that down to 22, 21, 19, 18, that's fantastic. The teams that get that number to go from 25 up to 31, 32, 34, those are the teams that aren't going to be able to keep pitching staff healthy. You can't knock it down to a low number. You can't knock it down to a low number. There's going to be that possibility that that guy gets hurt. You can't turn Dylan Lesko. You can't turn Elijah Green into a low-risk player. They are high-payout, high-whiff-rate types just because of who they are. No matter how much you like Dylan Lesko, no matter how much you want or don't want Dylan Lesko to be announced as the Cubs' pick with the seventh pick in the first round of the 2022 draft, Dylan Lesko is not a low-risk pitcher. And it makes me shake my head when somebody says they are, that he is. Because I, I don't even know what sort of, how, how do you define Dylan Lesko as a low-risk pitcher? How do you even define that? You know, how, you, you, uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> what, 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 how does one even put a money line wager on that? Because that's what I'm looking at. You know, when I look at a player, Cubs draft a player in the first round. Cubs draft a player in the first round. It doesn't matter if it's Chris Bryant, Nico Horner, Kyle Schwarber, whoever it is. What I'm basically looking at is Cubs draft certain specific player. What is the likelihood? What is the likelihood? What is the likelihood? A percentage chance his career wins above for the Cubs will be 8.0 or higher, 10.0 or higher, 12.0 or higher. So that would be three numbers. One number somewhat higher than the second, the second number somewhat higher than the third. What you don't want with a first-round draft pick under pretty much any circumstances is... This guy does 
not. He does not. Why? Doesn't really matter. The why doesn't really matter. Is it because he's really not that good? Is it because he gets injured? Is it because he gets into legal trouble? It really doesn't matter. When the Cubs draft that player at seven, what is his likelihood to be an eight plus, a ten plus, a twelve plus win player over the net, over his first six or seven years at the major league level? Eight's not even that high. That's why I want to know. If you have, or if, no, not you. If the player has an absurdly high washout rate, his likelihood of having a 0%, a 0.00 wins above is 35-40%. That's high risk. That's high risk because really what we're looking for is... When the Cubs draft a player, we want him to be good at the major league level. Other things really don't matter. Maybe, 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 maybe he does really well up to double A AA and triple A and he ends up getting traded for a piece that will help the team immediately. In that instance, whether he has a 6, an 8, a 10, or a 12, or a higher, or a lower, isn't nearly quite so important. But you still want the player to retain value on his way up through the pipeline. One of the ways to do that is to stay healthy and productive. And one of the ways to have a player who is healthy and productive heading up through the pipeline is to have them not be horribly high risk or get lucky. Either or. Either or. You can draft a high-risk guy. You can draft a high-risk guy. I'm completely good with Drew Gray, who was probably a high-risk guy because, hey, he's a third-round guy, left-hander, starting pitcher, gets a lot of plaudits, da-da-da, whatever. I'm good with it, but he's a high-risk player. Why? Because he was a high school pitcher and nobody's seen him play against an SEC team. Nobody, 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 nobody has seen him play against an ACC squad or a Pac-12 squad. He's never played against Texas Tech. He hasn't. There's nothing to base that on. How he does as a professional is based on how he does as a professional, not how he did in college. Because he didn't play in college. Pitchers drafted out of high school are high risk, especially the players that have enough of a profile to get drafted early out of high school because those are the kinds of players that have heavy risks attached to what they are doing. You want a team to draft a player who has upside early, which oftentimes means he has a whole bunch of downside if he's a prep arm. You can like Dylan Lesko as a draft pick at seven. You can detest Dylan Lesko as a draft pick at number seven. Either way, I'm good with. But saying Dylan Lesko is a low-risk pick, 
saying Elijah Green is a low-risk pick because I want to write an article or a tweet that says Elijah Green is a safe selection. He's not. Dylan Lesko, he's not. He might be a great pick. He might work out to be a fantastically wonderful pick, but he's not a safe pick, even remotely. Words have meanings. Learn what meanings ought to apply to certain words like risk for a pitcher, one pitch, one day, one ow, and his entire career could be negatively impacted. Know what words mean. Know what words mean. I'm tired of baseball journalists not asking the hard questions. Mr. Manfred, you are the commissioner of a league that has monopoly status. Does that make it easier for your owners to make money? Seems like a relatively good question to me. Doesn't it to you? That you he should know all the words. You know, he, he should understand the question. He should, uh, yeah, probably does. Questions like that are not asked because people don't want to lose their jobs. They want to retain their spot. They want to retain their gig. They want to retain their excess. Which is more important? Doing your job. Or keeping your job, which is more important, asking the right questions about, you know, Dylan Lesko, he's kind of a gamble. As opposed to, you know, Dylan Lesko has a bunch of upside, but he's not really that much of a gamble. Get it right. Any high school pitcher who hasn't shown himself as excellent against Division I college talent, high-end Division I college talent, He's a gamble. You know who else was a gamble coming out of college? You know who else was a gamble coming out of college and he was a pitcher? And he came out of college and he was a pitcher and he was a gamble. Caleb Killian. People knew who he was. People knew who Caleb Killian was. They just didn't think he was any good. You know, not really sold on him. I don't really think he's any good. I'm not going to draft him. Until at least the eighth or ninth round. Not going to take them. Cubs thought that. Phillies thought that. Giants thought that. Dodgers thought that. No, I don't want this guy. You know, we're taking. Finally, the Giants took him. And, hey, guess what? He figured it out. There's risk in every pitcher. There's upside risk. There's downside risk. To say that a pitcher who is in high school and... So it's hard, has low risk. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. I'm not going to buy it. I don't ever want to buy it. And if I am buying it, I'm probably not doing my job. The goal ought to be honestly assess the positives and drawbacks for all the potential options and do whatever homework you wish to choose to do to be able to do that. Watch a game, listen to a game, 
read fan graphs, watch, do whatever the heck you want to do. But know what the words mean. Know what risk is. Don't tell me that a player that's high risk is low risk. Because you want other people who are gullible to think, hey, this would be a good selection because this person over here who has a blue check mark on Twitter said he's low risk. So that means it is legitimate. No, it doesn't. It doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean that. It is a person's opinion. It is a person's opinion. Dylan Lesko is a high-risk gamble. Elijah Green will be a high-risk gamble. Will they possibly pay out? Very possibly so. Could they backfire? Very possibly so. That high school players are gambles and will eat through a lot of bonus pool money is part of why I'm a huge fan of taking a college bat in the first round. College bats don't necessarily always work out either, but they are a lower risk than high school arms. Know what risk means. Know what risk means and put integrity over selling an article or a tweet. Please and thank you.